Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art, but I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience, so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm-to-table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see it's the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forge Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit forgedeatery.com. Welcome to The Truth in Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thank you for listening, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. Today, we're going back in our partnership with the Waterfront Partnership of Baltimore. And today's episode brings us into the world of film, television production, and vibrant community events of the Baltimore by Baltimore Festival, B by B, with an HBCU-spirited, business-savvy producer. Please welcome the producer of Heart and Soul, Tia Goodson. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. Excited to to talk to you and excited about these rapid fire questions that are coming to me at the end. <laughs> Everyone is, always has a trepidation around the rapid fire. Um, at one point when I first added those questions, I think maybe season three or what have you, because I'm going into season nine. Mm-hmm. Uh in, in season three, I was just like, maybe I'll call them the firing squad question. I think that's a little too, a little too aggressive. Might be a little too aggressive. I don't know. Yeah, chill out, bro. Like that's a lot. Well, you know, they come, they come quickly. So, you know, I want to thank you again for for coming on and, and and making the time to be a part of this this podcast. And you know, I'm reading you. You bring a unique blend of you know academic achievement, you know, advanced degrees and all, and you know, community involvement to the table. So, talk about your your Baltimore ties and that sort of HBCU sense of community, how it's influenced um, heart and soul. Your 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 branch of BXB. Yeah, so Baltimore, born and raised, I mean, born in Freedom Way, Freedom Way West, which doesn't even exist 
now today it's like a bunch of pastel colored townhomes over in east baltimore and um then moved it on to Govins and went to Western High School and from Western uh, went to Howard, stayed in D.C. for about 10 years and then came back to Baltimore. And I'll be honest with you, when I moved back to Baltimore, I didn't expect to stay for long. I had my stuff in a storage unit. It's like, I'm just coming here to figure things out. I knew I didn't want to renew my lease where I was staying. And then I'll be right back to D.C. But while I was here, I sort of fell back in love with my city. Mm. Um, I saw the charm. It felt good to be close to my family, um, just to have immediate access to them. And I just started to enjoy being here and um, envisioning a life here. It, it took it took a minute, but um, before I knew it, I was I wasn't in a rush to leave. And to the point where I had D.C. friends who had never been to Baltimore. So they would come down and I would do tours <laughs> of Baltimore and just kind of like show them around and show them a different side. Uh, yeah, because I could talk about the city and things to do and places to go and history like, all day. Um, so I wanted to bring that sort of love of city to my event, um, this, uh, you know, I went, I went to Howard and I feel like there's something very similar and sacred about HBCUs in the communities that you built there mm. and the, and how they influence the importance of community, no matter where you are and strong ties to legacy and those that are the those that have preceded you and those that will come after you so in pulling together members of my team for this event and um pulling together resources and curating i really felt the the spirit of all of that um so i think somewhere i quoted that I was bringing this sort of like HBCU sense of community because that's kind of just what it, it, it felt like. Um, and, you know, heart and soul not only focused on love of city, but it was love of self. So I wanted to have health components. Um, I wanted to have community resources there for attendees. And um, I wanted to focus on music uh, that dealt with love. Yeah. You know, I felt like um, a lot of our events were centered around, and when I say our, I just mean like e festivals and events in the city and the curation of the performances uh, skewed heavy on hip hop or may uh, focus on club music. And not that those things don't have components of love in them, mm -hmm. but when I was thinking about what how I wanted my event to be different, uh, there hadn't been one solely focused on that genre of music. So I wanted to focus on that. Um, so the heart is the self-love, the health component. The capital A-R-T was the uh, additional component for love of art. So we had live performance, live performances. We had one of the largest vendor setups that B by B has seen. And then the soul was for the music and the community component. Um, 
And all of that is really reflected in the team that I I worked with. Um, So I had Anthony Waters and Alex Harrington with More Water Co., who handled the health component. And then I partnered with Black Ass Flea Market, who handled the vendor component. Um, So they handled the art. I had the music, I had the soul, and Anthony had the heart component. So kind of came together, heart and soul. That makes so much sense. And that's actually, I want, I want to key in on that a little bit more on my next question. But I definitely, it's something you mentioned uh, in, in in that, because, you know, you were, you, you had the producer thing. As I'm listening, I was like, yeah, I, I know this talk. I know this producer talk here. Um, you mentioned Govins. So shout out to you. I lived yeah. in Govins area as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, little, little chunk of, of land over over there on East Baltimore, York Road. Beaver Brook Road, yeah. yeah, York Road, Northern Parkway ish. Yeah, it's just like the forgotten part. Yeah, <laughs> tucked away, Stokos. Yo, <laughs> yes, yes. So, like, let me get that personal pan pizza, Hassan. The cheese fries, please. Thanks. Um, so, you know, curating like diversity in. I, I always have trouble with that. Where I have trouble with the word vibrant and diversity because I think they mean other things and it's like it's overused. It's like yeah. they're smarter than that. But sort of having like a large swath of different folks, and you you were touching on it a bit with sort of you know how how things were divided as to who's going to handle the health department, who, health health side of things, who's going to handle the vendor side. You're handling so that the music component. Um, what was it like in in working with so many different personalities that all have sort of this creative mindset and their way of doing stuff, but bringing it together? And I think it's producer mind, but <laughs> bringing it all together. What was that experience like? So you mean like with bringing together my team solely? Yes. yes. Um, so here's the thing. Waterfront Partnership, Melody, Thomas, Leanna, Wetmore were amazing and fantastic. Um, They were my point of contacts with Waterfront Partnership. And they literally showed up with a product. They already had a product. And I just kind of had to insert myself and create a theme and bring my special sauce to it, my secret sauce to it, right? But they handled a lot of the logistics that I would typically handle as a film and TV producer. So that freed me up to really be in um, creator mode, curator mode. Uh, So having them to support uh, like advertising and social media pushes and the logistics of, stage and audio and things like that, uh, permits, licenses, everything, that was a breath of fresh air. So I don't have to focus on that. So now I'm going to not take on everything else by myself. I'm going to then curate a team for what what's left. Mm-hmm. So I went to school with Anthony Waters. We completed our MBA together. Um, so, and we worked on many projects during our two years at Hopkins together. So we already had a a really um, great working relationship, able to bounce ideas off of each other, able to flow, um, respectful, respecting differences, working through 
you know, if we don't see that, like that was already a go seamless, seamless decision. Like it was just seamless working with him because we already had history yeah. and with black as flea market with Bree and Sola, we came together maybe two years ago when we collaborated on a, uh, sort of like an art gallery pop-up for CIAA. We had already had a working relationship as well. And it was sort of the thing where like looking for another opportunity to, to do this again and to do it better. And it just so happened that that next opportunity was B by B. So while yes, everybody has different personalities, skill sets, um, we had already kind of had these sort of amazing run-ins with each other yeah. that proved that we could work together. Um, we could work through things. We could problem solve, troubleshoot. Because going to school, being in an MBA program, being like maybe two out of three Black people from Baltimore, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had already navigated through the <laughs> the tough terrain of of uh, yeah of a, 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 a MBA program. Um, trying to also work full-time manage our, our our lives and um and also come out with the same sense of self that we went in um because that was always questioned right like our abilities our capabilities our voices and so having like you know made it through that gauntlet yeah we we can pretty much collaborate on anything. And when Bree and Sola and I collaborated the first time, you know, it was, it, we had a lot to work to work through then. Yeah. Um, we had to work through like tight budgets and get creative. <laughs> so working with people and having to, having some, some type of struggle that you need to overcome, I think prepares you for like the next, thing the the thing that's going to be larger and so that was for us in our working relationships b by b so no it's it sounds it sounds great in that you know people sometimes people think like you have like the biggest and i'm going to reach out for everybody it's like no 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 it's relationships it's people that you know can produce the stuff and sort of that supportive like value that I'm hearing with when it comes to waterfront partnership being there to take sort of like you know offset that part of it where it just lets the producer cook as it were and you know I, I even look at doing this you know it's a lot of volumes a lot of episodes a lot of content and you know some people it's like oh okay let me connect with you because I can probably have you on a different podcast or may have you back for another episode of this to catch up with you and things of that nature so having sort of that that reference point um a lot of times in doing these interviews I've described it as almost blind dating with creatives it's like I don't know what I'm going to get out of this it could go left the person could have had a bad day it could be weird energy and people don't always communicate that. But when you have those moments where it clicks and you just see your person and it's like, we have the same values when it comes to working collaboratively, it's like, we should work again together. How can we make this happen again? How can we make this happen in this way? So it's great to see that. Cause you know, as we all know, Baltimore is not huge. So when you run into your people that you know you can work with, you're like, you available, come on over. 
Yeah, and it's so it's it's really amazing because you know the women at Black Ass Flea Market were like, well, thank you for you know bringing us along with you, and like thanks for thinking of us, and we really appreciate you including us. And for me, it, there was never a question, you know, there was never a question about who would be my partner for that particular part of of the event. In fact, I never questioned, I never thought to try and do it myself. Right. And so it was really interesting how on the day of the event, people kept telling me like, how, like, are you okay? You like, you, you know, is everything okay? I'm like, I'm fine. How you feel? I'm good. They were like, you are really calm. I said, I know it's weird, huh? Cause it was, I've never, it was a very out of body experience. In that I felt like the emotion of the event that everyone else was feeling was completely separate from what I was feeling and experiencing. Everyone was like, this is so big. This is you're doing it big for Baltimore. Like, this is amazing. Everything is amazing. This is amazing. (laughs) And I was like, "Eh, you know, (laughs) You know, just another Saturday, you know, just I hear you. I, I hear I'm just, you. I'm just chilling. And so I I still wonder, I wondered on that day and I still wonder if this is mostly attributed to the fact that I had partners in position hmm. that I trusted. I trusted Waterfront Partnerships to do what they said they were going to do when they did. I trusted Anthony to do what he said he was going to do with more water co and he did. I trusted black ass flea market to say they were to do what they said they were going to do. And they did. And I trusted, um, one person I haven't mentioned as part of my team was, um, big Fred, Fred, the comedian, he was the host for today. And so he told me either the day before or the day of, he was like, Tia today, consider me your assistant. (laughs) And so he was like, I'm here for whatever, whatever you need. And once I had created the run of show and I had worked through how the schedule was going to flow and I turned it over to Fred and I checked in periodically, like I had, I had no worries. I could actually take moments to enjoy what was happening, which is such a blessing in the producer role, because a lot of times when I'm on film set, I'm I'm going. <laughs> right. I am I am the one that has to keep the wheel turning. So there isn't a lot of opportunity um, to sit down and like take it all in. So my team allowed me to be able to to do that. And the second part, like I said, one part, I don't know if it's attributed to the sh- having a strong team, but the second part is that I wondered if, you know, maybe this is walking in my purpose. Maybe that's what this feels like. sounds sounds like it's about right maybe being where you are when you are supposed to be there doing what you're supposed to do feels this way i'm still on the i'm still on the fence about it i don't know i don't think that that means doing this exact same thing again but i think it's going to lead to something and i have no idea what that is yeah i I think you know, and I, and I want to step back to kind of cut cut through one of the things or we'll point back on one of the things you mentioned, because I, I relate to it when it comes to 
you know, there's an event, let's say you put on a show, you're putting on some type of uh, event, like it might be for me, let's say a podcast festival, movie night, whatever. There are so many things that I have to put my fingers on that I don't have a chance to even, um, even like enjoy it really. Or there is this dynamic that comes to mind. So, you know, I've touched on I touched on in this podcast before that I've been doing this for a very long time. And, you know, when I got to like the 10th anniversary of me podcasting, we did a 10th anniversary show and it was just going to be different segments, all of the guest hosts I've had over the years and all of this stuff. We had games and everything. But then sort of a lot of times you're you're getting one piece, either you have the venue and you got a deal on that or you don't have all the resources that you need. So I'm like trying to learn how to use the AV equipment to train someone quickly while I should be prepping. Um, and I was like, I don't want to be on a stage the entire time. I'd rather be in the background. I'm on the stage the entire time. And I'm very much like repetition, you know, like wouldn't be an actor. I, it's just, I don't know. I can't see it. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, well, you know, memorize these lines. I, I ain't got it. I'm going to be improving the entire time. So trying to think through that and what happens for me is being in sort of the kind of producer mindset and the sort of, I guess, talent or in, in front of the the audience or screen mindset, I don't want one to suffer to serve the other one. So, you know, a lot of times not being able to get that support or have that that team that's 100% engaged, then, you know, you just, you just have it. It's like, oh yeah, you got it. No look past. You got it. You know, that's, that's sort of what you want. It's, a lot of folks who, you know, want to be chiefs, but they don't want to be the other part. They don't want to be the the Indians, to use the colloquial term. Um, mm -hmm. But having like someone, as you mentioned, with like Big Fred, like I'm working with, I'm working for you. Like I'm, I'm your assistant. Whatever you need, that's super important. Um, it's like someone pre-delegating. Like, hey, I'll take that. Yeah, whatever you need, I got it. And you're able to cook, you're able to lean into your strengths and not be inundated. So that's important. Yeah. And uh, really back to this whole uh, conversation about purpose, the reason why I produced the September installment of Baltimore by Baltimore is because I went to Fred's show last year yeah. and I walked up to him and I said, Fred, I think I can do this. How do I do this? And he, said, oh, well, he said, he said, well, we'll talk to such and such. Yeah, you got to talk to him. You know, this is how it worked for me. And I was like, OK, cool. And so I think I walked over to Leanna and I said, hey, I think I can do this. How can I do this? And she said, OK, well, you know, message me on Instagram. And then when we wrap back around, start planning for next year, I'll reach out to you. And she did. And yes. we had a conversation and I told her my thoughts about the event and I was one of the, the few producers chosen. So it was really, and to add another piece to this full circle moment, I met Fred in an accountability group. <laughs> so I met him years ago um, through a photographer I knew who was uh, who had an account accountability group with two other people. And I, I joined them and we would meet up and we would set our goals and we would work through it. I was a freelancer at the time. So I was trying to figure out, you know, what my next move was. And um, there was someone else in the group that was a makeup artist. And um, Fred 
you know, he was doing his comedy thing. He was actually doing his comedy thing part time, um, wanted to do it full time, wanted to create. Um, I don't know if it came out in the accountability group or in a session that Fred and I had together, but I remember sitting with him, helping him think through how he would start a youth program. And so now that youth program is Little Labs, it's a whole thing. Um, they performed at the September B by B. So again, it's like <laughs> this theme of like purpose and full circle moments and divine intervention and all of that keep kind of coming up in my stories about this event. Big shout out to um to Fred. Um it, last year, I ended up pulling up to um, the the B by B that Terrell did, and so you got Larry and you got Fred. So you got those two personalities. They twisted my arm. It was like, Rob, get on the stage and interview Fred right now. And I was like, excuse me, and I was just like, I got nothing prepared, <laughs> and I'm like trying to improv, and I think someone tried to heckle me, and I'm like, yes, boo me, I'm terrible up here, <laughs> but it was a really cool and invigorating experience and some you know folks with like the energy of the Freds of the of the of the Larry what ups that you know they're going to pull you in and it's it's like they're your cousins that's that's the way I feel about it and those sort of connections and I've been in classes um with both of them actually um for digital I mean uh yeah digital storytelling I was in the class with both of them and seeing kind of how they operate and, you know, seeing the, the cool stuff that Fred has been doing and even um, Larry has been doing is really cool. And those are connections that come from B by B. So in, in thinking back a little bit um, on in the, in the in the event in, in the B by B heart and soul, um, what, what do you what was the piece of it if there was one? And I'm, I'm sure there's several, but what was the piece of it if there was one that you think really resonated with the uh, Baltimore community? Because it is Baltimore by Baltimore. And I think, you know, that name is very intentional. I always say it. It's Baltimore producers. It's not, hey, I came in from New York and I know what y'all need. It's just like people who are from here doing stuff that is reflective of the community. Or at least it's going to be, you know, yeah, reflective of the community is the way to put it, I think. So what comes to mind for you and, you know, being a little bit removed from it and having time to process and think through it? The piece that resonated with the community. Um, it's interesting. Uh, there were people there well after the sun went down, well after the DJ stopped playing. There was a consistent crowd. Yeah. Um, which as an, as the producer of the event, you just can't ask for anything better that the people are just there. Like they're not thinning out and then coming back. Like they are there and they are everywhere. Uh, it's hard to pick out what, com what one component I think resonated with the community. I do know that everyone enjoy watching the kids, you know? Charm City loves the kids, right? So I think the kids were, def were a definite highlight. Um, the vendors received amazing support um, and we're very grateful for the experience just to be down there, to be at the water. A lot of people, you know, as kids came to the harbor to hang out and as entrepreneurs and vendors maybe thought about having a storefront down there, you know, Fred always talks about how he 
wanted to just perform right in that space in which he was performing. So uh, I think for the people participating in it, being able to present at the waterfront in that space was really, really impactful and meaningful, right? As a vendor, as an art curator, as an artist. Um, I think that overall the curation of music spanned ages. So I saw a very diverse mix um, of ages in the crowd, which was also nice to see. Um, There was a little bit for every, you know, for there was something for the whole family, I think, in terms of the type of artists that performed um, and the lane in which we sort of set the art set the artists and the performers that's great so i got i got two more real questions left and and this one kind of kind of is starting to to pin everything together so with with heart and soul being a part of baltimore by baltimore the the larger overarching series how do you see this event adding to like the conversation around like baltimore's like cultural narrative and add a little bit more context to it I can say like, you know, this year, especially people, people seem to be more outwardly saying, yo, Baltimore's got this creative stuff here. We're doing all of this from the, you know, the Orioles jerseys and, you know, the stuff that they're doing and having like club music at the ballpark on Fridays and acknowledging the different artists and having um, creatives involved that the stuff happening at the ballpark for sake of argument, which is one of those tourist attractions. It's downtown. It's a team that's winning, getting national spotlight. And when those sort of Friday night games and you're seeing like local artists pop up for national anthem, Mm -hmm. eyes and ears on our stuff here. So in having you know, you're, you're having heart and soul, your event at like the, the inner Harbor in that, that area where all of this traffic Baltimoreans and outside of Baltimoreans popping up. How do you think it adds to the narrative of what this sort of Baltimore Renaissance is? Yeah, I think that what I want to see become more, more mainstream, more everyday practice um, what I want the narrative to be is that we have, we are all that we need. And I don't mean that in that, okay, you know, there aren't cases where we can expand, outside, but we have a lot of what we need here. I think that on a local level, on a smaller level, if we want to consider B by B small, these festivals and these types of uh, events do a really good job at sticking to being sticking to Baltimore by Baltimore right like tapping into the necessary pockets in order to like make these things successful feeling homegrown feeling like um, feeling like Baltimore Um, and I say that because I was talking to someone a few weeks ago that referenced that reference a Baltimore event that was a bit larger as not feeling local. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it was created by people connected to the city, Mm -hmm. but it didn't feel like something for us who are in the city, who are from the city. It, you know, and you know, there's a good in that, there's a, there's a positive to that in that 
more people are coming to Baltimore and seeing what we have here. And to a certain extent, we want that. We want people to, you know, be like, oh, it's cool to go to Baltimore or I actually like hanging out in Baltimore, right? But you also don't want to alienate the folks who are here, right? So I think that larger organ, larger events can can take heed to that, can can learn from that, can learn to better understand the city, understand that they may not know everything about the city um, and dig a little deeper to tap into untapped pockets of people. yeah, I think there's a different strategy once we when we start to get larger that needs to be put into place. Um, and I think it needs to expand outside of one's personal professional circles mm-hmm. and really do something different to tap into necessary entities and people that are actually connected to the communities if we're really trying to reach the communities. I, I agree with that. Um, and yeah, you know, as I touched on earlier and I've said in other instances related to B by B, that's it's very intentional to me. It's like on the nose of like, you know, you know, waterfront partnership B by B is, you know, putting like Baltimore producers, you know, that have ties to the city and have a best interest in what happens in the city from the lens of arts, culture, community, what I say in this podcast all the time, giving them the opportunity to kind of do their thing and succeed, helping them in that, that estimation. Whereas other, you know, entities at times seem to not be doing that or kind of shooting themselves in the foot and not really taking advantage of the resources that they may have, the creative community that they have that sort of access. And, you know, I see it from this vantage point of kind of being in, you know, the community in that way, but also outside of the community because of sort of, you know, I'm able to see it at a really large scope and large scale. Um, and, and you you see it and it's like, all right, cool. You're going to bring in, let's say, this podcast to, to do this thing. You know, I'm right here, right? And I do this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we just need someone that's, oh, someone else. Someone that's different. All right, well, what about these other three podcasters that are here in Baltimore that could speak on this as well? No, we just need to bring in someone from a different community to, you know, really show us how it's done. It's a lot of that that happens. And we see it when it comes to, you know, some events that have been around for a very long time, decades. And it's just like, what is the influence? What is the goal? What is the taste involved? Whereas, you know, B by B doesn't do that in any of the instances in any of the partnerships and the conversations that I've had and the events I've attended, you know, it's just like, Oh, this is a Baltimore thing. That's what this feels like. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to copy DC or New York or Philly. Yeah. And I mean, there's something about location, right? So it's at the Harbor. First of all, I think I had an amazing day. The weather was good. I was at the Harbor Labor Day weekend. So I'm already getting foot traffic. I already am. I'm in a tourist destination. And then there are the people who are naturally coming out to support the vendors, the artists, me, and you know, or, or just looking for something to do and they've seen the advertising, so they come out. But people also came from South Carolina, Alabama, DC. So there is an ability to, to stay true 
to being a homegrown event and still attract people from the outside. Like, it's kind of like what we were talking about off record before, right, about understanding your worth and what you bring to the table, understanding your magic and leaning into that and then having and relying on that to be your superpower. Okay, we're going to create something that's very true to us. And that is the thing that will attract people because it's true to us. That's what makes us unique. If I try to whitewash that or or water that down, then it's no longer special. It's just like everything else. And so I just really want us when we when we grow to to do a better job at understanding that and to not get too specific, but to provide a real world example when we're talking about tapping into pockets of communities, um, you know, there, there's an event that has uh, a D9 component, right? So you have, I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So you're having a large event that has a D9 component, but you don't reach out to the National Panhellenic Council of metropolitan Baltimore. To me, that is a very strategic and positive relationship to have and build from jump, right? I don't have to rely on maybe someone who who works or is connected with this event and their D9 or um, Black Greek letter organization connections. I can actually reach out to the council, the council that all the D9, <laughs> all the D9 um, organizations have a representative on, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like decisions like that make sense. Mm-hmm. No, and it's not just because strategy was something that I really gravitated towards in business school. It's just, I just think it's smart. It's like work smart not hard. So let me go to the large organization that everyone else funnels into and then funnel my information out through them or partner with them. So now it frees me up to do something else. Right. This is the mindset I, I tried to bring to my my event. This is and this is a way that I really want um some of our, our larger events to like I want them to move in this way and to and to think about or at least um I don't want to say give the impression that they're thinking about it, but because I really want them to think about it and do it. But um, I, I just want them to move in a way that, you know, when I'm looking at the event, I can connect the dots. And sometimes I can't I can't connect the dots. I, there's like dots missing. I on, on occasion and, and I think I got the last question. So I'm going to move into rapid fire in a moment. But on occasion, because it's one of those sort of pandemic shows, I always go back to the last dance because it's very meme worthy, right? And I start at times balancing between Jordan, who's a noted Aquarius such as I, such as me, or uh, Isaiah Thomas when it comes to like, okay, I had that criteria. And, you know, there's one event we may have talked about off mic um, that I'm an HBCU alum that does a podcast and I reached out to the folks involved and they didn't see a connection. They, they didn't see it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And now with some of those folks, it, it turns into the Jordan side of it where I just took it personal. It's just like, I just won't work with you. And I think it almost, and to, to pin it all together, goes back to sort of the theme that's come through, at least from, from what I'm hearing in it, 
the folks that you, you work with, like it's, it's relationships. It's sort of those connections. It's like, are you doing good work? Are you doing good biz? Can I count on you? And are our values aligned? That's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I want to go into three rapid fire questions for you. And uh, it was four, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to hit it with that one. We don't need that one. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I'm up for the challenge. Just lay out the rules for me so that I know okay. Okay. how this is going to flow. I'll give you the fourth one then. Okay. Um, so pretty much you just don't want to overthink them. Whatever the the answer that pops in your head, it's like, look, I said what I said. It's kind of that. That's, that's essentially what it is. Um, okay. So here's the first one. Um, what is your favorite color? Very simple. Black. Said black? Nice. Um, astrological sign. I'm always interested in this. Taurus. Okay. What, do you have a go-to mantra or saying that, that keeps you grounded? The first thing that comes to mind is be the change, but I don't know if that's it. Like I have anxiety. So like I, I say all the things to myself, whatever, <laughs> and whatever works on that day is the one that I, I go with. When, when I'm trying to do ads or even do the intros, which is why I record my intros and in pre versus straight up, because like when a person's on screen, I'm like, yo, what are they doing with their face? What am I doing with my face? I can't make it happen. I just put my thing on, on like black, take the screen off, do my intro. And I remember I was having this time with my ex-co-host where he's like, man, we got it. He said something that I now say to myself. He's like, no mess, no mixes up, man. No messes, no messes. We're not going to mess this up at all, bro. You know, 300 times, man, 300 times. It, was, it made no sense. I think we did 300 episodes. And he's like, you never messed up then. So you're not going to mess up now, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, so is this going, you you playing this video? Because I got this weird lighting going on here. Oh, uh, no, nah, it's no, no lighting here. No lighting here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got this streak. You should have told me. Okay. All right. Whatever. So this is the last one. This is the last one. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one that I brought back in. It was out for a little while. Um, What is the emoji that you find yourself using most often? (laughs) The the, the tongue outside emoji? That's the first thing that came. I mean, it's probably not the one that I use the most, but like, why did that come to my mind? I don't know. Y'all, for the, for the listeners, it was the, the tongue hanging out the mouth. <laughs> That's right. Boz is that red demon with all the extra fa- facial hair. It's like, eh, when I don't yeah. shave, it's just like, and I get really hot, it's like, oh, you're red. But I mean, if I if I really had to be honest, I think it's like the side laughing emoji. And then I do the, I do the one, the squint, because I, I just always, I always have side eyes and questions. So... I've I've noticed that during this podcast, by the way. I was yeah. like, I was like, she hates all of my questions. I got nothing. <laughs> no, that's also my thinking face. It's multi multi purpose. Multi purpose faces. Um, yeah. So that is actually pretty much it for for today. Um, you survived rapid fire. You you aced it. You got all four. So um, you know, not that anyone's counting. I mean, overachievers here. <laughs> so, so with that, um, I want to, um, one, thank you for coming onto the podcast and, and sharing your thoughts and your experience with B by B and heart and soul. And I wanted to give you the space in these final moments to, um, share your final thoughts and where folks can check you out to learn more about your work outside of B by B. Uh, final thoughts. I mean, I, I guess I'm just, um, thank you for reaching out with the opportunity to, to do this interview and to talk a little bit about, um, my thoughts on the event and uh actually like 
saying some things out loud that I've said in my head for, for some time, which is which has been a little cathartic. So I appreciate that. Um, folks can follow me on Instagram at concrete rose grows, you know, like the two pop form, the rose that grew from concrete, concrete rose grows um, to see what I'll do next. And if you were listening at all to this interview, you know that I don't know what that is going to be. <laughs> it will be something. I just don't know what. But currently uh, you can catch me on a commercial set near you. That's my day job. And, <laughs> you know, hope to be able to do this again. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Tia Goodson for coming on and sharing some insights and vision around heart and soul. Brought to you by the fine folks with B by B, Baltimore by Baltimore. And thank you to the Waterfront Partnership of Baltimore for bringing us all together and making these great um, interviews happen. And um, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, and community in and around Baltimore. You've just got to look for it. Oh,